Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 24th of April, 2021. And the title of this episode is Solo RPGs and Gaming for Millions. I'm struck by the contrasts of stories in this week's highlight show. We have publishers giving away solo RPG rules on one end and other companies raising $17 million on their first attempt because big brains think tabletop role-playing will become a mass broadcast spectator event. But first, and with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier wrapping, let's dig into some quirky superhero stats. Did you know Captain America is not the most popular superhero in the United States of America? Spider-Man is. Captain America is the most popular superhero in Canada, Australia and Germany. At least, this is according to research by Game. As is often the case with this research done purely to feed blogs, uh, Google search frequencies were used, and so by popular, Game means most searched for. Here in the UK, Wonder Woman is top of that chart. I think the villain's data looks better. Over on the Geek Native blog, you can see maps of the world coloured and illustrated to match, and for nearly a third of the world, there's darkness, with the scowl of a hungry Venom leering out. Venom is the most popular supervillain in 16 countries. The Joker is second in 21, including the UK and the USA. Overall, though, Thanos is top, most searched for in 66 countries. That has to be the impact of the movies, right? I enjoyed the Venom movie more than I thought I would. I'd watch the sequel. Although it's hard to see any Venom story being as impactful as the moment a new living weapon is created on Earth through the symbiosis. This week, Geek Native offered up a quick review of the Name Your Own Price Living Weapon RPG Gimmick Zero. That's a game in which you play as a weapon, someone with nano armour built into them and therefore have a power, and they are charged with taking down rogue gimmicks. It's from Rookie Jet Studio and worth checking out. As it happens, I also reviewed in much more depth Rookie Jet Studio's Overarms RPG this week. I backed it on Kickstarter and I got the collector's edition hardback, but now I'm wondering whether I like the standard edition cover better. Let's not judge a book by the cover though. For a start, and since there are a name your own price tag on Gimmick Zero, the quick start, you can use that. Or even better, the free quick start rules for overarms on DriveThruRPG to check out this Jojo Bizarre Adventure inspired game and judge yourself. Overarms, I think, is easy to pick up and designed for a quick splash of fun. That's a quick splash of fun that might well become a campaign. The unique thing about overarms is that you can summon an anima. In the anime Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, the spirits known as stands. The overarms rule system allows you to mix your stats with your anima stats to build your dice pools, and that's a nice feature. While we're talking about anime, two other highlights from this week. Firstly, Aniplex is finally getting into the trading card game market after all this time. You might ask, I did, why now? I mean, anime and card games go long back with Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! and countless others, but Animex, despite being huge, stayed clear. 
Now they're launching Build to Divide as an anime and an interlinked game. The trailer is on the blog. Secondly, Netflix has confirmed a third season for Love, Death and Robots. Don't worry, you've not missed the second season. That's still to wear, but the trailer is now out and it looks great. Love, Death and Robots is a collection of short and adult animations that often touch on real-life concerns. It tackled fear, war and humanity wiping itself out. Sci-fi often does that. It acts as a lens for whatever is troubling society at the time. And that's a topic I dug into a bit with Jeff Barber as a follow-up to the roundtable discussion on the Geek Native Discord. Jeff and his company Biohazard Games are currently crowdfunding the third edition of Blue Planet. That's an RPG that tackles environmental concerns head-on. The sad thing, as Jeff reminds us, is those concerns are much more severe now during the funding of this edition of the game than they were when the first edition was published. On that front, though, I did find some good news. American company The Op, aka USopoly, will plant trees for each board game they sell from their website. And to do this, they are working with the charity One Tree Planted. I like this approach. It will make sure that seeds will go into the ground. And it's an obvious and wise program for a company that runs on dead trees to make. Another environmental story takes us back into tabletop RPGs and lines us up to tackle that $17 million I mentioned at the start of the podcast. Let me frame it with a question. Which environment type do you think is underused in D&D? That was a question for a geek native competition, and it's rare to see such a flat response. All but one environment had the same percentage after rounding. Ready for it? 9% of the votes went to each of the following. Arctic, coastal, desert, forest, grassland, mountain, underdark, and underwater. The remaining votes, 18%, went to urban. So according to readers, cities, towns and villages aren't used enough in D&D. Do you agree? One of the free games released this week is all about the traditional D&D setting, the dungeons. Bandit Camp has made the digital version of Wicked Ones a free download. I backed the game on Kickstarter, like so many others, and although the game is free now, I don't regret spending the money. If you want the hardback, then you can still buy it too. In Wicked Ones, you are trying to build and protect your dungeon, to follow the orders of the Master and survive as one of the baddies. That's right, in the Wicked Ones RPG, you are one of the Wicked Ones, you are the goblin skulking in the shadows. And while the game is one of my favourites from last year, it does require some maturity. I would not have relished playing this with all teenage school buddies, for example. The other free release to make audio EXP's highlights this week is Solitary Defilement. It's from Morkborg and therefore also not suitable for kids. The key thing about Solitary Defilement isn't just that it is free, as you do need the main core rules, it is that it's a set of solo rules and printouts so you can play Morkborg alone. You can't always find people to play the RPGs you're interested in or help you to learn the system. And that's been especially front of mind during the lockdowns. 
I won't be surprised at all if Publisher 1D10 Plus 5 has a hit with this download, and I hope it raises their profile in exchange. Last week, we talked about the first ever traditional tabletop session, which was 50 years ago and lasted for 11 hours. I opened a poll on how long your RPG sessions tend to last and invited listeners to take part. Thank you for everyone who has responded or who helped share it. I can see that so far more than one in five people to even get a gaming session. The most likely cause of that, according to the data, is schedule challenges. But some people just don't have gaming friends. And it's here I want to focus a little on the RPG community. You can make friends online. Looking at the data we've collected together, I worry about how lonely some people are. Perhaps it doesn't help that in this podcast we've already talked about other genuine concerns, such as the threat to the whole planet. Well, Jasper's game day is coming up. It's actually a week-long day, and it's about helping people use games as a way to deal with suicidal thoughts. Actual Play GM Waffles from the Waffles Maple Syrup Network put together an article for Geek Native called Can You Help Prevent Suicide by Playing RPGs? In it, you will find out more about Jasper's Game Day and hotlines to phone if you need to speak to someone right now. It's hard to follow a serious story like that, so I'm just going to dive in with that $17 million I've been talking about. Regular listeners will know the name, as I've mentioned them before. One more multiverse has raised the money. And people like the founders of Oculus, Twitch and Crunchyroll have provided the cash. You see the connection, right? Screen-based escapism, entertainment. One More Multiverse really does portray itself as a tabletop games company. We are the community that they want to be a part of. However, the technology turns virtual tabletops into a JRPG-like experience and provides GMs and players with the tools to imagine their characters as pixel sprites to explore those 2.5D worlds. I see the attraction. I also already wonder whether it's a high-tech enough solution. A small studio called TXK Gaming will soon release a Kickstarter for Dungeon Full Dive. The teaser video for that is on the blog, and it looks incredible. It's our virtual, a virtual tabletop. Don your VR headset, and then you can stand next to a table with your friends. Bend over it and roll the virtual dice. Then, if you want, slide your perception down into the table and watch the battle or scenes unfold. Role players as storytellers will, I think, become more and more of a mainstream idea in the next few years. I think it's a healthy trend. I had a chat about the future of RPGs, albeit a brief one, with Lewis Porter Jr. of LPJ Designs this week too. LPJ Designs is the winner of this month's RPG Publisher Spotlight, as voted by patrons. Thank you, patrons. We talked about the paradox the community has gotten itself into with art. We want to pay creators more. We want our RPGs to be filled with art. But we don't want to pay very much for our games. That got us onto talking about the DMs Guild. I don't want to put words into Lewis's mouth. But I think it's safe to say he's concerned about the cut the marketplace takes. And whether that's always the best route for a publisher. Of course, it's the marketplace cut 
that will help one more multiverse earn back that 17 million in Series A investment. The DMs Guild and One More Multiverse aren't the only markets in this week's RPG section either. I've put D&D Beyond in too. Why? Well, they're having a sale, and that includes 25% off the pre-order of Van Richten's Guide to Raven Lost. What if you'd pre-ordered it already? Do they have a pre-order price promise like Amazon, making sure you get the book at the lowest price it was ever assigned before release? I hope so. I'd be pretty annoyed if I pre-ordered it at full price otherwise. Taking stories out of this week's routinely itemised, there's even a physical marketplace story. Oh, I guess physical marketplace is a jargony way to say shop, a store, a place to go and buy games. The founder of Fantasy Fight Games, Christian Peterson, has created a new company, Games Enter, and he's bought the retail operations of Fantasy Flight Game Center from Asmodee. That's a 17,000 square foot unit of retail space. I think it's a great time to buy space. It must be cheap due to the hit of the lockdown. I'm sure Peterson has plans for it. Is 17,000 square feet enough to hold events? I think so. Here in the UK, but also online, there is Forbidden Planet. Actually, there are two rival brands, both called Forbidden Planet, but I'm talking about the one with the big store in London and owned by Titan Publishing. I presume that ownership has helped them land an exclusive and signed collection of variant covers for Grady Hendrix's The Final Girl Support Group. If you've seen many horror movies, then you'll know the trope. At the end, one girl gets away. She's the final girl. The Final Girl Support Group is a story about survivors forming a club together for support. It's also likely to come to TV, as the company Anapura is making a series. You don't have to visit the store to buy one of those signed books, you can order those online. Briefly, in other publisher news, Modifius has announced another new RPG. This one is set in the same universe as Actung Cthulhu and it is called Against the Gods Themselves. You don't need me to tell you that in Against the Gods Themselves, the PCs will go up against the gods themselves. Also, Cubicle 7 have not only announced that they've retained the Lone Wolf license, but they have new supplements for the adventure game coming out. And to take us out of the podcast this week, let me mention one competition and one great bundle. On Geek Native, if you're in the UK or you at least have a mail address here, you have a chance to win History Heroes Children. This is a quiz-style memory game that's won awards for being fun and an excellent way to boost the memory and teach your kids a bit about history. The bundle news is actually two bits of news, as Goodman Games has two different Dungeon Crawl Classics deals up on the bundle of holding, and one of them contains the core rules for the OSR game. So, if you've ever been tempted by the RPG... I can't think of a better time to take the plunge. And on that note, let's wrap there. So please keep safe and we'll see you next week.